Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry, I had to run around and suddenly it's just getting things just right is so difficult. Um, how are we all guys? Good morning. Good morning. If you're listening on podcast, welcome to Coffee Morning. Um, Lee's had a good idea, but I've missed the conversation. So I don't know what the good idea is. But I'm sure it's a great idea if it's Lee. Uh, Margaret O'Brien, hate London, somewhere nice and near Swindon. Don't drive. Sorry, cross chat here. Um, good morning, everyone. I hope you're well. Saturday morning, as I said on our Instagram live, it's kind of it's kind of bright and breezy here. Bright and breezy. But if you exert yourself a little bit, and if you've got what I've got, which I don't know what I've got, uh, but I'm not feeling great. I have to be be honest. Cough is better. Bunged up head. Move my head a bit too much. Feel a bit dizzy. It's that kind of thing. Man, man flu continues continues to hamper me. But listen, oh, worth its weight in gold. The lack of noise. But of course, that also means there's a lack of fun and there's a lack of nuttiness and a lack of crazy, crazy curly cocks in the kitchen. So I do apologize. So there's no curly cocks today. You had them, I'm afraid, on what was it? Wednesday. What a great show. Did you enjoy it? I think it went down really well, didn't it? Mm. It was really fun. It was really nice. It was really heartwarming. It was really meaningful. Um, and we're going to be doing more of the same. Just bear with me one second. I've got someone just calling in. Um, hello, I'm just live on Coffee Moaning. Yeah. No, would you like them to? Say hello. Morning, everybody. Coffee moaners. How are you all? Oh, my God. Do you know what, Do you know what I've just done? Don't tell us everything. I've just jumped into an ice-cold swim pool. Oh, wow. With Vim Hof. Oh, which was very nice because I had a last glass of rosé at one o'clock in the morning. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's nice. Goes, you, know, you know how we've often spoken all of a sudden here about... <clears throat> What our hangover cures are. Right. Crisps, dry up, sausage sandwich. Mine is now a jump in an ice cold swimming pool, which can be a bit difficult when I'm back home. Right. Okay. Well, we can always pour a bottle of water over your head. Yeah, that would do. Ice yeah. cold. For those of you listening, I'm I'm not talking to my penis. I'm just holding my phone out of shot. So, um, yeah, if anyone is just it's it's the closest I've got. It's the closest she's got to down there in weeks. So that's why I'm holding oh, it down right, there. Okay, I'm going. Stop. <laughs> right. um, what was I going to say? Well, yeah. Say hi. Say goodbye to everyone. Hi, everybody. All right. Ooh. Yeah, you sound like you got a cold. Later. All right. Speak bye to you later. Bye. 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 Oh, <laughs> she sounded like she was in a tube. Um, is she doing the BBC? No, she's. What's the BBC one? No, 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 she's not. I'm afraid she's doing. Um, she's doing three friends go and have a bit of a break, which is really nice. She's having a break with um, uh, Kay and Kay and Jane, which is really sweet. Um, morning, Sean. Morning, Natasha Milchin. Morning, everyone. Um, let's have just have a look. What's going on here? Uh, uh, that's the. Uh, all right. Sorry. Uh, right. Okay. Let's have a let's have a stroll through the newspaper, shall we? As I said, um, I think at ten forty-five, it might be a touch later. Let me have a look. Yeah, I'm going to schedule that a touch later. At uh, eleven o'clock, there's going to be something landing instead of the curly cooks, uh, which I'm sure you'll find fun and entertaining, etc. Morning, Christos. Hope you're well. Um, uh, Sophia Lopez went to Lisbon this week. It was lovely. You've got a got a, a couple does Lisbon coming very soon. Okay, well, let, let's look through. Obviously, the the pr- 
the dilemma on a weekend when you go through the papers um, is that, of course, we want a bit of lighthearted chat. We want to look at the fun stuff. But actually, obviously, they're also reporting the news. And most of the news isn't, isn't particularly pleasant. So it's an opportunity to kind of touch upon some of the things that have come up. Obviously, the big news story that happened yesterday, which was uh, just tragic, I saw it sort of evolving uh, across the news flow, was this terrible, terrible school bus crash. Um, girl of 15 has died. Uh, she was one of 58 pupils on a coach that flipped on the M53 in Merseyside. Um, so, uh, it, you know, just terrible. I, I have to confess, I was kind of surprised... I suppose the family have to be the ones that are kind of responsible for, um, you know, identifying or, or, or naming naming the victims in, in these instances. But, um, but yeah, school bus horror, girl 15 and driver, both die as coach, packed with pupils over turns. I mean, I saw this, I saw this story, I don't know if you saw it yesterday, it was sort of evolving, wasn't it, as, um, as the day went on. And uh, just, just, I mean, again, it's just another reminder of treat every day like your last. My God, it's just it's just every parent's worst nightmare. Um, presumably, there's gonna there's gonna be uh, an inquiry. I mean, I think the the only awful thing to say is that thank God more people didn't die. It's just it's just awful. Survivors crawled from the wreckage on the M53, um, uh, crying their eyes out, fearing they were all going to die. Um, the driver was named as Stephen Shrimpton, uh, and a boy of 14 is among those still in hospital with life-changing injuries. Um, so that's that's just just, just awful. Did a great awful couple. Um, Catherine Cronin, that, that is an unfortunate thing, isn't it? When the, the BBC, look at this, Catherine Cronin, the BBC did a very awkward cut from the crash story. These things do happen. I mean, the point, I think the thing that has to be remembered is that it's never intentional, and I do think that, you know, sometimes there are huge kind of tonal shifts we have to take in sort of news stories. You know, you go from something serious, I think it's a, it's a process of kind of decompressing from something like that and moving on. I mean, obviously with that story, not an awful lot to say other than presumably inquiries will be will be conducted as to, to why the accident happened. Um, it's the, don't want to bore you, it's the Tory party conference. No surprise, the Daily Mail says, oh, there's a way that Rishi can win. Rishi can have his fishy on a dishy. Um, and, uh, you know, they're sort of, and, and it looks like, it looks like, I don't know about you guys, it looks like what Rishi's going to do is appeal to the driver. He's vowing to end the parking misery. And the thing about this, which is difficult and tricky for any drivers here, he is homing in on all those elements that make driving really, really fucking annoying. Um, and so... He has He's obviously not working his charm on me, but it does make you wonder how many people will he work his charm on regarding these driving, regarding these car, you know, uh, sort of motorist lures, if you like. So this is this is the idea that he's going to create a parking app for the whole country. Um, how many of you have that frustration where you get somewhere, you want to park, um, you've got. I mean, I, we don't, I don't, we don't hold cash anymore. I mean, literally, we don't hold cash. So when you get to a sort of obscure car park somewhere where it says only coins, you're screwed. It's apps. But then sometimes, have you noticed, you try to park somewhere with an app and there's no service. So you can't use the app. Um, so this idea of creating a parking app for the country, isn't that sort of anti-private 
sort of isn't that anti-competition? Doesn't that sort of remove the you know all these sort of vying apps? Tracy Street, does Rishi have any charm? I wish there was a spitting image puppet of Rishi. It'd be tiny. Rishi on a dishy. I think in every scene he should be brought in on a plate with really short trousers on. That would be that would be the doll I'd do. Um, Natasha Milchin, in Russia we've got a text option too. Um, Catherine Cronin, we have parking apps. I mean, once a parking app works, there's nothing more sensationally useful than a parking app. Um, so yeah, so this is this is the idea. Clamp down on traffic fines. Uh, he's going to reduce twenty mile an hour zones. Which let's face it. Have you, I mean, look, I'll tell you what, though, I saw something the other day that told me exactly the difference with the damage that can be done when driving at 20 miles an hour versus 24 miles an hour. And it is quite eye-opening. Um, but uh, what's that? In 20 miles an hour zones, traffic actually does move more, so less traffic standing still and polluting. Exactly. You know, there's this idea that the average speed in London is slower than a horse-drawn carriage in Shakespearean sort of London. The idea of slowing the traffic down means that everyone can move. Yeah, everyone moves at a much slower pace. It means you can't have those kind of stress, stress relieving bursts of speed. I actually, you know what, the 20 miles, I mean, when you're driving at 20 miles an hour, especially downhill, you feel a bit like, bloody hell, I need to get my tricycle out or something. So Sunak thinks his path to victory is going to be parking apps, potholes, removing 20 mile an hour zones. Who thinks that's going to work? I, I've got a horrible feeling it's going to work with quite a few people. This is this is this is called wedge wedge policy. This is what they. I think he's got all. The, he's got a team, hasn't he? They're looking for wedges in the country. I mean, I think the whole trans thing, the whole woke thing. They're looking for wedges that they can drive between sections of society. And the next wedge is going to be parking and motoring and cars and all that sort of stuff. Um, what have we got here? Clamp down on, yeah, I've done that. Duh, 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 duh. Sunak vows to end the parking misery. Drivers will be able to pay for parking anywhere in the country using. Um, of course, the other, this again is a bit of gear change back. This is just sort of running through, you know, the sort of uh, the sort of headline sort of hierarchy, if you like, in the papers today. Um, more detail is coming out about the tragic um, killing of Eliane in Croydon. Um, Eliane was killed as she tried to get a teddy bear back. Um, oh, 17-year-old boy has already appeared in court. Um, the, the finer details on this as they come out are just more horrific the more you hear. Um, repeatedly stabbed, apparently, as she sought to retrieve um, a bag of belongings for her friend. Um, just, uh, if you haven't, do check out, I think, on our Coffee Moaning Instagram account. Uh, I just felt I had to talk about something that just struck me yesterday when we were doing Coffee Moaning, just this strange, strange sort of collision of, of, of this boy taking a machete, uh, a love letter and flowers and wearing a mask and all this so that, so that within, within this sort of strange contorted violence, there's some contorted comprehension of romance. Um, and and I, I mean, basically, all I feel that we have to do somehow is we have to obviously not you don't you have to punish these people, and 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 what have you. But we also have to lean into understanding what the hell is going on for these youngsters. You can we can bemoan them being sort of if you like radicalized. I mean, it's a form of radicalized. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Toxic masculinity is a form of radicalization when it's 
promoted by idiots like Lance Fox or you know Ted Potato Head. You know, it's a form of radicalization. It's 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 like in you know uh, pre-war Germany, pre-World War II Germany. It's 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 mining people's fears. It's exploiting people's feeling of injustice. It's finding a target that isn't themselves, uh, isn't reasonable or rational, and appeals to all the worst kind of sentiments of hate and prejudice and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we ha- but we have to, we have, why? Why are, why, are youngster, why are young boys so readily going that way? Now, I mean, a lot of you have said it's the loss of family, it's the loss of, so, okay, then scrolling back from that, we have to look at why are we losing the sense of family? You know, where's that coming from? Uh, and then it becomes, and, and I, I have to confess, I mean, it feels insurmountable. It feels insurmountable. Uh, and I think, as I said yesterday, there was another stabbing. I mean, it was a 30-year-old man um, on Friday morning, yesterday morning, 3, 3.30 a.m. It's petrifying out there. I mean, the kids, you don't want your kids getting buses around here. You literally don't. I mean, if I'm around at the weekend, every, every little local trip I can do, I will do with the kids. It's, it's just, it's literally not worth it. It's literally not worth it. Um, so, yeah, so this is just the added details coming through. Eliane died trying to get Teddy Pack from her pal's ex. Uh, kitchen knife. If she didn't try to grab that, she was still uh, Christine Bet. Uh, uh, he didn't have a machete, but I'm, I, are we drawing a distinction? It was a one foot long knife. Um, so, okay, it l- probably looked like a machete. A one foot knife. I, I've seen a boy drop a knife getting off a bus locally. Um, uh, you know, if she didn't try to grab the bag, she would still be here. I don't think grabbing a bag, I mean, I don't think this is what you're suggesting, Christine, but I mean, I think, again, it's machete, kitchen knife. It, it, it was a long enough knife for him to repeatedly stab her in the neck and kill her. Um, it was one foot long. Uh, and um, is grabbing a bag something one shouldn't do? I mean, as, as a Londoner, you, you, there are many things you try not to do, but I, I guess the last thing she thought necessarily was going to happen was she was going to get stabbed in the neck. But um yeah, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that that message, it, it seems like you're sort of splitting hairs, but I know you're not. Um, War of Words, I've brought this one next because, again, I think there was a, you know, these are kind of related. War of Words at GB News. I, is, is anyone else finding it fascinating watching the sort of anti-woke press? Um, the anti-woke press, uh, it's tragic. Let's just, let me just hang on, let me just pull this down. It's interesting, this, this GMACB, not seen you comment before, but interested to hear, hear what you've got to say. It's tragic, but I do wonder why there isn't the same coverage and in such detail when it's a boy that's killed. Well, interestingly, we talked yesterday about the fact that this does happen a lot. I think what, I think what is particularly awful about this and different is that it happened in a, what, what's perceived to be a safe time and a safe-ish space. I mean, as I said, just said, you know, 8.30 in the morning, rush hour, en route to school, on the way to school, or in that sort of hubbub of London life of people getting about, it, there's some, it, it, was like a, it was like a moment of violence tore through the normality of a, a suburban area of London just going about its life. I don't think there's any prioritisation given because it's a girl. I don't know if you're suggesting in any way that girls somehow and the countless toxic male assaults on women get the priority that they all, that, that they deserve I'm, I'm pretty sure certainly you're not suggesting that at all gmac but um but yeah um uh you know i think boys do do get and 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 in fact of the many many murders that have happened in london the vast majority of them are boys it's about expectation surprisability um 
and 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 it erupted in a moment where rightly or wrongly one didn't expect it to so i think that's probably why it's kind of picked up picked up um some attention um war of i i'm finding this kind of vaguely entertaining watching the anti-woke press. I mean, the Mail and GB, GB News, none of them know who to kind of go for, do they? You know, everyone's kind of spitting out freedom of speech and tripping over them saying, it's we're right to say this. The Daily Mail has got a piece on the actual woman who's been sickeningly attacked and how she's had death threats and rape threats and, you know, assault threats and all this kind of stuff. They talk about how pathetic Lawrence Fox's apology is. GB News is now saying that this is, you know, we even even we have a level of decency that has to be observed and all this kind of stuff. We've had another... Fo- I, I mean, it's all got a bit confusing, hasn't it? It's got a bit confusing when suddenly everyone who kind of pulls together normally, kind of in this anti-woke, anti-sort of, I don't know, this sort of culture wars way. They're, they're all kind of, no one knows quite what to say. No, no one quite knows what the meaning of freedom of speech is now that Lawrence Fox has apologised and even GB News has said, no, he shouldn't have said it. So, um, so yeah, interesting. I just, I just, just thought I'd leave that one to hang, really. Um, now, this is a story that uh, we are obviously going to be reviewing this, um, and uh, we've talked about this before. Um, do we even have freedom of speech? Well, I think we have freedom of speech. I think we just should have freedom of speech with, as Michi beautifully said the other day, with responsibility. I think that's as simple as it as it comes. That freedom of speech is something to be cherished, valued, protected, and 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 championed with responsibility. And I, I think I'd add another one with kindness. You can have freedom of speech and be kind. You can disagree vehemently with someone and not hate them. I'm going to pop that up there from good old Ninad. Thank you. Cancel culture is the death of creativity. And when you say creativity, it's the death not just of literal creative. It's the death of creative thinking. Um, Sean Thomas, yet on Wednesday, Dan Witten was an employee of the Daily Mail, but he's not anymore. Is he? He's not anymore. I mean, literally, it's like watching the vultures savage themselves. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Two wrongs don't make a right. I know there's a lot being made of what did she say? What did she say? You know, again, disagree. He would have been much stronger, Lawrence Fox, disagreeing with what she said, which was in and of itself... Um, potentially dismissive of a very serious subject matter, but you don't go for shagability. It's as simple as that. And I can't get any more higher pitched. Um, okay, so this story is going to cause lots of upset when this comes out. This is the Jimmy Savile story. Uh, this is the uh, new drama, four-part drama. It starts on BBC One on October the 9th. Out of interest, is anyone going to be watching it? I mean, we are going to be watching it because it's going to be causing all sorts of Hoo-ha. I'm interested to see how they approach it. I'm interested to see how they can, uh, you know, walk this incredibly difficult tightrope between, um, in a sense, educating, informing, perhaps enabling and 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 uh, equipping us to know when this sort of thing could happen again versus a sensationalist retelling of the story. Um, who will be watching this? Uh, it's re- released a trailer um, of The Reckoning. Four-part drama opens with Coogan and Savile telling TV executives, "I'm not an act. What you see is what you get." Um, we haven't as yet looked at the at the trailer. I'm not entirely, it, it, it's a tricky one. This one, it's a hot potato. 
Uh, Julie definitely will not watch it. Glad Big Brother will have just started. It's going to, yeah, whatever one makes of it, it's going to be uncomfortable viewing, isn't it? For sure. For sure. Uh, other big story, obviously, is the um, the sycamore. Now, quickly, on this on the sycamore tree, something else that was creeping through yesterday was how can... Um, oh, let's just get a comment here from Elliot. Elliot Gonzalez, I will watch it, but I still don't know how I feel about it. Guess I have to watch it to have an opinion either way. It's a tricky one, isn't it, Elliot? It's, it is one of those where you kind of go, oh, I don't want to put my hand in the fire. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be one of the most rightly or wrongly talked about dramas probably of the year. And interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, any good actor has to, just quickly before we get on to the sycamore tree, any good actor has to throw themselves quite... I mean, you know, there's varying degrees of method. There are many actors who think, oh, why do, why do actors have to method? Just read your lines and perform. But you have to immerse yourself to some degree. This idea that you don't have to research or enter somehow the mindset of your character is ludicrous. You, could, you couldn't play a character if you didn't do that. Um, so it does worry me. You know, what, what will Steve Coogan have had to have done in his head and his heart? which will hurt him to get there. Stephen Graham talked uh, a few a year ago or so ago about his immersive method-like approach to acting and how it really had an impact on his mental health over the years. So so anyway, um, yeah, no, just on the sycamore tree, uh, police are quizzing a man aged 60 over the felling of the uh, iconic sycamore. Um, Man 60 held, as experts say, the Sycamore Gap landmark could grow new shoots. Yeah, it could. It took. Uh, it probably took about three minutes to cut down. It'll take another 300 years for it to get to the same height. Now, one of the things that came up yesterday a bit was this idea of people, why are people more upset about a tree than they are about the terrible tragedy that happened in Croydon? They, there's this weird comprehensional idea that one can't have a response to more than one thing at the same time. There is no, you can't, no one is drawing an equivalence. But it's like saying if you're thinking of one thing, you will not in a day think of something else at all. Um, so, uh, you know, I just think the sycamore tree is a sort of, is another sort of sad, sad indictment of some other aspect of life, far less crucially threatening, frightening, dangerous and immediate than what's happening in Groen. But it's just it just felt the two stories felt like almost two opposite ends of the spectrum, but kind of saying the same thing. So I don't, I don't think, um, you know, there's a senselessness and a barbarism to both, but obviously the implications of each are entirely different and no one with a vague brain cell is drawing a bloody equivalent. So let's get off that. Um, man 60 held, as experts say, the sycamore. Yeah, so there was a teenager. Now there's a six-year-old. Could it be the parent of someone who was stupid? I don't know. I'm beginning to feel a bit, it's all a bit, bit weird, isn't it? Um, it's just, again, it just beggars belief, this. Um, I also think, I also, it is symbolic, creatorholic. You're absolutely right. I also think, I'm going to say this. If you can't see why this is important, I think it's one of those things where you think, not that you could, you know, you judge someone massively, but if I met someone and they didn't see that there was something important or, or something symbolic about this, I'd think, mm, you're not my cup of tea. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, of course, it's just, it's just sad. Anyway, so some some top tastic uh, headlines or uh, yeah, headlines to be had here. What have we got? Tremendous. Uh, the idea that uh, it will regrow, but as they say, it's only going to take another three hundred years. CSI log. That's quite a funny, funny title there. Um, you've got the wrong fella. I thought this this has to go to the top of the pile, the wood pile 
of uh, clever, fantastic headlines. Locals pointed finger over Chainsaw Massacre, but Lumberjack insists you've got the wrong fella. That's clever. That's a clever headline. And it doesn't make light of it. But it gives you a story. That for me is a, that's a, that's in a, the Johnny Vaughan Big Brother category of top headlines. That's a good one. And he looks like, he looks like a good fella, doesn't he? But he's, he's the wrong fella. So, so don't be having a go at him. Um, any New Yorkers here? Wow. Suddenly New York was like a swimming pool. New York declared a state of emergency after flash flooding severely disrupted subway services. Days of heavy rain. That's quite something, isn't it? The, the underground, the subway, absolutely flooded. Um, uh, did I talk about, did, I, did we just do a thug is held on, oh yeah, this is the Tupac, Tupac Shakur. Uh, charged, uh, chap has been charged, Dwayne Davis charged 27 years after the rapper was shot dead. A man last night was charged nearly three decades after the star was gunned to death in a drive-by shooting in, uh, in Vegas. Um, the gangster, Dwayne Davis, known as Keith D, was arrested at his home early yesterday. So, what do you make of that? I do wonder, I think he's the only person alive from the car, or I, I think he might be the only person who was alive in the car that shot at the rapper. Um, and I just wonder whether Mark said his name all right. How do you, how, yeah, is it Tupac? Tupac, 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 Tupac. I can never get I can never get his name right. I can never Tupac. Write it phonetically for me. Tupac. Tupac, Tupac. I didn't realize how young he was. This is going I mean I literally didn't realize how young how young he was. He was a baby. 25, man. Tupac. It is Tupac. Yeah, Tupac. Um Moxie's ex tried to get her jailed. Um Threat if Mabuse won't retract claims in books. Strictly Come Dancing judge Motsi Mabuse has been threatened with jail by her ex-husband if she doesn't retract claims that he controlled her. I'd have thought her claims will have been legaled in her book. I'd have thought... So it's terrible this, isn't it? Because on the one hand, could he have been wrongly accused of something in a book and he's doing the only thing he can do to correct the narrative? Or is this yet further proof of what she's saying in the book? One of those old stories, isn't it? Um, there's a close-up of, of a pair of them. I'm not a... I think Nan's going to be here later. I'm presuming Nan's going to be watching Strictly. Happy to split the bill. How your politeness eats into your... Um, where's this one gone? How your... This is the idea that by being generous and being polite and being friendly, you end up making yourself skint. Um, I think I've lost this story. Uh, da -da -da -da. Let me see. I've got it. Uh, no, I popped it somewhere. Yeah, so don't be too polite. This is that idea. What I liked about this story was was the idea. It's kind of what, when I used to go out drinking, I I rarely did anyone ever buy me a drink. Do you know what I mean? Be careful. There's being polite and then there's being taken advantage of. Fillers lumps on faces. Lifetime of agony. Thousands of women with fillers are at risk of painful and disfiguring side effects years later. Are we going to have, uh, do you remember that film Death Becomes Her? Do you think in about another 10 to 20 years, people's faces are literally just going to sag? They're just going to sort of, they're just going to sort of pop up over here. You know, there's fillers kind of move around their head. Zap the filler. 
So fillers, lumps, lifetime of agony. Thousands of women with fillers are at risk of painful, disfiguring side effects. It's like a, it's like a living horror, isn't it? Real life horror. Uh, I filled my house with Phil. Poor girl. Bless her. Hard man super fan. Uh, she's a sopa star. <laughs> a sopa star, do you get it? Uh, Rachel Forsyth has clothes, candles, calendars, even an air freshener with the mechanic Mitchell's miserable bike. An air freshener with his face on. She has her fill. Oh, and each year she has her fill of fill with a birthday cake featuring his face. I suddenly feel a bit sick. Sorry. Play with Barbie to be more sociable. I like this. And the reason I like this is it's a very small story, this, but this is the idea that playing with Barbie will make you get... Maddie loved playing with Barbie and she's so sociable. It does. Barbies encourage you to kind of create conversation between Barbies. Um, the toys aid youngsters' social development as they chat while they play. I mean, it's true, though. I mean, our girls used to play with Barbie all the time. It was a constant, constant running script it was like a fully developed script of them chit-chatting away it's just so sweet let's go should we do the front of the daily star phil mitchell oh yeah that guy who got dogging a few years back in that's the one yeah uh, i've missed so much how's life going with you nad and family tez sending you love tez 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 uh nads did have phil mitchell underwear it's kind of shocking when you get into bed and you pull back the sheets and you stand there and you go good god what's he doing it um you sick deviant, says the Daily Star. Oh, UK split 43% to 37% in favour of weird bits of fruit on their margaritas. This is the idea of having pineapple on your... Is it sick and deviant? Is it sick and deviant to have pineapple on your pizza? I, I actually like a bit of pineapple. Isn't it not the same idea as sweet and sour? Why is everyone getting so hot under the collar? What's your most remarkable topping for a pizza? I love pineapple. Oh, that's the only time I do like pineapple. <coughs> Steph Schultz, sick to have fruit on pizza. Sick. Wow, that's sick. You can have anything on pizza, says Meetube. That's the point. Keely Windle likes pineapple and pepperoni. Animal. Mushrooms and only mushrooms. I like a mushroom. I like a load of mushrooms on a pizza, but they have to be floppy. They have to be floppy and sloppy. Tez, I've never had peanut pineapple on my pizza, but I know I don't want it on my pizza. That's well, at least we've clarified that for you, Tez. Broccoli, DT, get rid of that poison. Are you joking? Uh, sweet and sour, Joni, not taken by it. What about sweet and sour pizza? That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Uh, Tony Dunsford says, I always thought that pizza was a very expensive takeaway for what you get. It's a bit of dough with stuff on top. You've kind of almost unpicked the entire concept behind capitalism. That that there is you've un, you've basically you've taken the wheels off capitalism there. I always thought that pizza was a very expensive takeaway for what you get. It's a bit of dough with stuff on top. You could describe Western capitalism as exactly that. That's it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's clearly causing, uh, I thought this was interesting. Um, Russell Kane has revealed he suffered a huge backlash after sharing a video of him playing bongos on his wife's bum. Discuss. I'm thinking of playing bongos on Nadia's bum. In fact, we could do a curly cooks where I play bongos on both hers and Dina's bum. 
Is that offensive if the bongo bum owner is happy to have her bongo bums played? The Comedian 48 uploaded the cheeky clip online of his makeup artist Lindsay's backside, but he was forced to remove it after getting a load of grief from followers and his wife's mum. I get in trouble all the time. I don't see what the issue was. She was bent over and I was playing the bongos on her bum. We were having fun. I suddenly now want to play bongos on Nadia's bum. This is terrible. Russell Kane, give me some strange idea. What annoys you most when you're sat on a... Oh, no, hang on. I've got the wrong headline. What's this one? What have I got here? Oh, can spidey sense reveal risk? Apparently, this is a word that's entering the Oxford Dictionary. Flirtationship. Apparently, <coughs> this is if you flirt constantly with someone, but it never goes any further. Do you, does anyone else... Do, do you have a flirtationship with anyone? I have a bit of a flirtationship with all of you guys, actually. <laughs> I do. I do. I love it. Um, do, do you... Does anyone here have a flirtationship? Trina, for fuck's sake, it's... Oh, here we go. Back, going back to Russell Kane. For fuck's sake, it's his wife... Okay, we don't ne- need to necessarily need to see it, but what, is, what I don't understand, here's the thing, what I don't understand about not seeing stuff even, I hear what you're saying there, um, and I agree, Trina, don't watch it, I don't understand what, it's such a weird culture we live in, where people know they're going to be annoyed by us, there's lots of people who hate Nads, why go to her account if you know you hate her? i tell you what that means, it means you're a very sad, sad person, you, you need to get friends, you need to eat pizzas. Um, so anyone here on a flirtation ship? Julie used to chase the lads around the classroom. <laughs> I love that, Julie. Thank you. Um, uh, Kay, Kay Ray going back. Yeah, she's consenting. I agree. Don't watch it. Yeah, just don't watch it. If she's happy, he's happy. I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna go. And, I'm gonna contact him and say re-upload it. I want to watch you playing bongos on your wife's drum, on your wife's bum, drum. Bum. Anyway, what annoys you? It, booze and armrest causes air rage. The most annoying air travel habits include double armrest hoggers. Oh my fucking Christ! Double armrest hoggers. Everyone who sits in the middle of those three seats in an airplane always feels like, you know, there's this phrase, a pick me boy. It's like, oh, you just, you know, forever kind of like, yeah, what I'm going through makes you, I want you, feeling sorry for me is the best emotion. I just want you to feel something for me. So feeling sorry for me is as good as anything. So pick me, pick me. Oh yeah, I've got this problem, I've got this. Whenever you sit in the middle seat of a three-seated thing in an airplane, everyone gets a bit pick me, don't they? You sort of sit there and you think, I'm in the middle. I can't lean on the left. I can't. Well, if you're in the aisle, you've got the luxury of being able to go to the toilet and swing your legs out. So the, for the person in the middle, they feel hemmed in. So what, the only thing they can do is use both thingies. Drives me mad. Drives me mad. So yeah, this is a, a piece on the most annoying things on planes. So double armrest hoggers, kicking off shoes and socks. That's freaking annoying. And standing up as soon as the plane has landed. Where are you going? They ain't going to open the door. Ninad, the middle seat is the arse of the airplane. Your English there is spot on, matey flip. <coughs> Excuse me, moi. Yeah, these all annoy me. Uh, flyers say fellow passengers having too much to drink is one of the biggest annoying things. Bonnie Delaney, I take my shoes off. I don't mind shoes coming off as long as your feet don't smell and you don't lose your shoes. And then ask everyone else to find your shoes. Hey, Nads. Nadia just kind of literally decompresses. Everything falls off her, out of her bags, onto the floor. It dribbles all over the plane. And then as we land, she asks everyone for her, her shoes back. I once saw a pilot come out of the uh, cockpit and he had a sandal on his head. It was bizarre. 
Uh, oh, this tortoise is now a stone lighter. Look at this. This tortoise is called Joey. Look, it had that, it had that in it. Wow, it had a bladder stone bigger than a tennis ball removed. That means that its bladder stone was, all, was bigger than its head. Wow, this tortoise is a stone light. It's not literally, it's got a stone that's come out. Uh, very unique. What a, what a giant, uh, here's a new research study. Great sex, get into bed early. So as soon as Nads is back, it's, Bed at 7 p.m. and let's get cracking on those bongos, baby. Sorry. Uh, the key to great sex is a good night's sleep. Kel surprise. Scientists found men who struggled with insomnia were 58% more likely to suffer erectile dysfunction. <clears throat> Pope bullied fat child at school. This wasn't a headline I was expecting to see today. I saw this. I just pulled it. I thought, well, this, how weird. How weird. Uh, the Pope has condemned body shaming as he admitted that he bullied an overweight pal as a child. I think that's good that he took ownership of it. Um, I, just not the kind of headline I thought I was going to see. Um, any Ed Sheeran fans out there? New album gets a shit review. Lyrical banality clouds bid to be national bard. I have to say, I did. I used to love Ed Sheeran, and then, and then I got bored of them really quickly. It's really weird. I love him. I think he's lovely. Oh, oh yeah, look at this. <laughs> I love this headline. Well, I don't love this headline. Anyone with ADHD, don't worry, but obviously worry. People with ADHD warned of national medication shortage. I, I thought, and I'm saying this before we get anyone who hasn't been here before going, eh, don't knock ADHD. We all have ADHD. I have severe ADHD, apparently. Um, it's like so supremely off the spectrum. You, you can't, they haven't even got a yardstick to measure it. Hang on, God, fucking hell, that's why I've got 18 coffees going. <laughs> Decaf, by the way. Um, um, don't you think this headline should read this? People who know people with ADHD should be warned of national medication shortage. There's going to be a lot of unfinished lists. It's going to be a lot of chaos. This is a funny one. Next time you see your kids come home from school in their uniforms and you want to give them a great big hug, you're going to scoop up your niece, your nephew, your cousin, your grandchild, your child. Don't. You're not going to believe it, but school uniforms have more bacteria on them than toilet seats. Angels with dirty clothes. Yeah. Kids may look cute, but they're covered in filth. Tests found a five to six-year-old's outfit contains... Do you want the numbers? Do you want the numbers? Have you ever do percentages at school? 12,353% more germs. I want to know how they, when they measured it, when they sort of looked at the kind of measuring thing, they went 353%, 12,353% more germs than the average toilet seat. School dresses had 1,700% more bacteria than a toilet hand dryer. And cardigans contain 900% more than a loose door handle. <sighs> really don't want to give Tarquin a cuddle, do we? I bet those really, really posh kids are really stinky too. <sniffs> just wanted to break into song. I was just actually clearing my throat there. It's a very funny moment in the new home time. There's a, there's a scene of gargling. Yeah. Right. Was that, is that the, yeah, I want to show you this next image and I want you to give me your first response, okay? For those of you listening, 
I'm not going to be able to, I'm not in any way going to be able to describe what I'm about to see or about to show you. Okay, so you might have to pop over to YouTube for this, but this is a photograph. I don't know what's happening to Daniel Craig, but he looks so different. Daniel Craig's hairdo is causing quite a stir. He's got a golden side quiff. Okay, Edwin Bevington says it quite simply. Pratt, me too, Ken. Trina Cotton doesn't like Daniel Craig. Doesn't look comfortable, does he? He doesn't look happy. It's quite a quiff. I wonder if he's doing another... Is it Benoui? Is it Henri Benoui or whatever his name is from Knives Out? It's got to be for a part he's playing, hasn't it? Sorry, I just, I just went down a total wormhole. I don't know what was happening there. Sorry. Um, this is an image, huge gaff down in Bournemouth. Uh, they made a, they apologised for making a Bournemouth council apologised for making a crass mistake after erecting this enormous art installation, which looks quite something, doesn't it? But they did it on the part of the, on the spot on the beach where the two children that drowned in May died. Um, again admin when they don't they don't connect the dots look at this this is quite something those things hanging beneath it aren't wings they're its ears no seriously this is a male long-eared owl wouldn't it be amazing if those were its ears? That would be a... Oh, Christ almighty. That would be a fucking long-eared owl. Uh, male long-eared owl, which is widely regarded as being Britain's most elusive species, swoops low during a hunt over a buttercup field in West Yorkshire. Don't you love that detail? A buttercup field. And all you've got to say that is a, a little... Just a little kind of abstraction of yellow at the bottom there. Uh, this photo is sensational. This is a photograph of, um, it's a behind the scenes photograph from Loose Women. Um, when, you know, the chips are down, when the show's been done, when, you know, they've all sort of, they're working out what they're going to, how they're going to skin up the footage and put it on all their social medias. When they're considering what outfits they're going to maybe put on for next week. This is what's going on behind the scenes at Loose. It's, it's quite, a, it's, and what I love about this sort of photography is it's it's documentary it's really kind of grainy. It kind of really gets you, it just gives you another side to those familiar faces. It's really, and there they are. Um, yeah, it's hardcore gambling going on backstage. It's, it's tough. Smoking like troopers. You know, yeah. No, this is a card game in a typical Indonesian local cafe known as a Warang Kopi in the city of Bogar, Bogar of Jakarta. Uh, it's a fantastic photograph, isn't it? Isn't it? This image here, I love this image. This is uh, Michelangelo's David statue uh, having a bogey removed. Uh, yeah. 
It's amazing. I was looking at that. Isn't it amazing how absolutely lifelike that piece of stone is? Sorry, I marvel at the at the skills of artists. And look at that. I kid you not, Angela Rippon let one rip, by all accounts, when she did that. No, I'm joking. Um, astonishing. Astonishing. Great photo. Um, and so just quickly, I just want to ask, before we wrap up, is anyone doing Stoptober? Is Stoptober as much of a thing? I, I don't know what I feel about Stoptober. Um, uh, the, the eye has 30 top tips to succeed at Sober October. I think Sober October, um, if the papers are filled to the brim with fascinating pieces these days, says Josh Tiley. I can't tell if you're being genuine or vaguely sarcastic. <laughs> I know what you mean. It filled, filled all sorts of weird things. Um, 30 top tips to succeed at Sober October. I think Sober October is pointless if you just come off the end of it and just go completely batshit crazy. Eh? I don't know. Um, uh, please redo the oh redo the picture, Nina. Yes, no, we should do. Uh, here's some ideas. Here's some ideas for for. Are you going to do? It? Here's, here's some ideas for surviving. Stop October. Stop October. Um, anchor into your why. What the fuck does that mean? When you know deeply why you are doing what you're doing, you are more likely to stay on track. So just always say why. Why am I doing this? And hopefully you'll have an answer. Become a social architect. What? Um, lead the socialising for you and your friends, and make sure it skews towards what you would like to do. Uh, explore alcohol-free drinks. Uh, I I don't agree. I think alcohol-free drinks are a bear trap. Um, explore, uh, identify your triggers. Um, most of us drink alcohol on specific occasions. Join a sober community. Might you know? Look that you know it works for some, but you know they might depress you. Break up the month into smaller chunks. Don't be thinking about it as a month. Think about it as a, as a day. Stoptober is not having alcohol for the whole month of October. You know. Share your sober goal with friends and family. Bore them to death. Text them. Say, I've done this long. I'm chewing my nails off. Help me, Sarah. Um, know where you're starting from. That obviously presupposes you haven't got totally rat assed tonight. So that on the 1st of October, you're deliriously wandering around in a state of total confusion in Lincoln. Um, the party goes on. Just because you're sober doesn't mean life has to become boring. No, but other people think you're boring. Um, eat, drink, sleep. Repeat, just don't eat lots, otherwise you'll get out of October sober, but feeling so depressed about all the weight you've put on. Um, so be careful. Embrace the experiment. Instead of viewing it as depriving yourself of something, consider it an exciting experiment. Pull the other one. Uh, become your own, I'm talking as an 18 year sober guy, by the way. Become your own best friend. Hug yourself, stroke yourself. Leave it at that and don't play bongos on yourself. Try urge surfing. Do you know what urge surfing is? Urge surfing is a mindfulness technique which has been used to help people with addictions. We know that when you try not to think about something, it often makes a compulsion to think about it much stronger. So instead of trying to push away the urge, embrace the sensation that comes with it until that urge passes. It's like aversion therapy. Feel the urge. Feel the urge. Perhaps, I don't know, roll around on the floor with an empty bottle of vodka or something like that. Take control, if only. Uh, indulge yourself in other ways. We're back to bongo drums. Ditch the temptation to rebel. Re I, remembering why you're choosing to sober October is the choice, which will leave you feeling impact. Yeah, so really it's that idea of if you give up, who's losing? If you cheat, who are you cheating? You're only cheating yourself. Set honest boundaries. Let your nearest and dearest know how they can support you. If you'd like them not to offer you a drink or not to drink around you, tell them. That means you won't see anyone for ages because they, they're not going to want to be around you. Beware of the what the hell effect. So beware those moments where you just suddenly go, you know what, fuck it. I'm eating a rum bar bar and I want to have one. 
track your progress. There's a My Drink Aware app. Can get quite stressful though, and without ADHD drugs, you might struggle. Expect to feel fed up at times. Yeah, you're going to feel moody and down. It's depressing, honestly. Being sober is depressing. No, I'm joking. Um, be selective about the company you keep. Tell all those absolute pissheads to fuck off. Um, be select- uh, Enjoy your newfound sober sleep. Roll around knowing you don't stink of alcohol. Uh, just knowing that you won't have sweaty feet. Because, you know, alcohol is what mainly makes feet smell. So there you go. But you didn't know that. I discovered that in rehab, actually. Explore mood-enhancing drinks. That doesn't mean mushroom tea, taking acid, MDMA, or anything else like that. No. Stoptober isn't about taking hardcore drugs. It's about staying sober. Um, Choose Jomo over FOMO. We're often gripped by FOMO, but Jomo is the joy of missing out. Watch your confidence rise naturally. Again, only if you're bongo playing on your wife's bum. That, that's where my confidence really rises. You'll lose the beer belly. Try and do some abs exercises. I would recommend that. Expect greater mental clarity. But, um, but, uh, but also, you know, what comes with mental clarity comes fear, dread, and depression. Try some visualizations. Again, not, not through the help of mushrooms or hallucinogens. Become sober curious. Oh, why aren't you drinking? Uh, and start that new hobby. Back to bongos. Trina Cotton. <laughs> we'll be drinking wine this weekend and I can't wait. Look, for those of you who can, I would. I think Stoptober, if you're wanting to get a control, seriously, I think actually, I think I should do a live about this or a, a chat about this as a recovering alcoholic. I have a lot of conflicting feelings about it. I think it would be good to air them elsewhere. So guys, have a lovely day. As I say, in five minutes time, you've got a fabulous home time landing. Silly, irreverent, full of weirdness. Nanny die in a very strange item of clothing. Um, so lots of fun to be had there. And uh, other stuff will be landing too. And obviously, No Name Sunday show tomorrow. Uh, there'll be a members live, etc., etc. Um, in the meantime,